the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to this 820 AM The Word broadcast special, Heart of the City. Pastors, ministry leaders, and churches have received a call to serve their communities with the love and compassion of Christ. The call is from God's heart to the heart of the city. Well, welcome to Heart of the City. I am your host, Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry for 820 Aim the Word. And thank you so much for tuning into this program. On this program, we highlight churches, nonprofit organizations, and ministries to hear stories about what God is doing in the Pacific Northwest. And one of my greatest hopes for this program is to encourage you, our listener, to connect with the organizations that you hear about right here on the program. Because, you know, otherwise, when we are just being equipped to do the work of the ministry, we need to find a place where we can do that, where we can engage in the body of Christ. And today I am on the road in Marysville, Washington with a very special guest, Sean Schrader. Sean is one of the founders of Engagement Academy, a new educational institution being built right here in Marysville. I'll let him tell us all about it, but before we even start our conversation, I do want you to know the website that you can go to to find out more information. That's engagementacademy.net engagementacademy.net. That's where you're going to find out more information about the mission, the values, the beliefs. Uh, I'm so excited to have you, Sean, uh, and I'm so excited to be here in Marysville, a beautiful day that we can just talk together about what Jesus is doing. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Adrian. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to be here and to uh, to have discussions with people in our community about what what God is doing, not just with us, but with uh, many yeah. others that are that are stepping out, that are being bold, and that are taking risks for mm-hmm. for the gospel. Yeah, you know, one of my greatest things. I, our listeners know this, but I recently came up here from Portland, and one of my favorite things to do is just to hear about the history of what's been going on here in Washington. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's brand new for me, and I hope that our listeners are also learning alongside me. You know, as I'm hearing about all this amazing stuff that's happening and. Uh, I just am so blessed to have this conversation with you because, you know, I just do want to hear, uh, before we get into uh, what's going on with the Engagement Academy, I'd love just to hear about from you. Like, what's what's been your walk with Jesus? Um, how did you come to know Christ? And how did you end up to doing what you're doing right now today? It's it's interesting that you mentioned that because coming from Portland and then the Seattle area, two of the most unchurched parts of the country, mm-hmm. and, and that's really a part of my story as well. I grew up south of Seattle, uh, Des Moines, Renton area mostly, and totally unchurched. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not go to church. I wasn't a Christmas, Easter kind of person. No church at all. The only day that I went to church that I recall um, was uh, one day of VBS, and that was mostly so my sister could win a plaque. Um, so it wasn't as though there was some noble intention there either. But, you know, I still remember that little blue acrylic plaque uh, of Psalm 23 that she won for inviting the neighbor kids uh, to that, that little church up in uh, the Fairwood Renton area. Mm. Uh, and uh, it wasn't until I was 21 years old that I went into a, a church for the very first time, and strangely enough, that was in a, uh, a military chapel, uh, Air Force chapel over in uh, Japan, Misawa, wow. Japan. Uh, when my wife and I got married, she's from Texas, and I'm mm-hmm. from here in the Northwest. But yeah, I had no church experience uh, whatsoever, and so I, I started to become introduced to the gospel mostly through people that were in the military that were from Ohio or Texas or wow. different parts of the country. 
And I thought, okay, that's interesting. I wasn't anti-religious. It was just I was more apathetic to religion. It was like, okay, good for you. That's uh-huh. that's nice, but that wasn't my my story. Uh, and the more I uh, dialogued with them, the more perceptions I had. And usually, when we have perceptions mm-hmm. that aren't based on reality, they tend to be negative um, because that's what we would oftentimes, especially for those of us that were outside the church, would hear about mm-hmm. Christians that they're no different than us, or that they, you know they're going to church on Sunday and doing this on on Monday. But I, I I never really experienced that as much as I had the perception. And over over about a, a five-year period while I was in the Navy, I spent eight years in. My wife was in, uh, retired uh, back in 2003. Uh, I met, met three different guys, Kevin Kidd, John Turner, and Al Stout. And they were all guys that were going through this journey on their own, and they all shared the gospel with me at different times. And it's interesting that I remember their names. Yeah. Um, and it's not just because we reconnect on Facebook. It's just because God had made their names part of my life wow. and they shared the gospel with me in in genuine and sincere ways and and it wasn't as though I intentionally rejected it as much as it was okay again good for you yeah. uh, but I watched their lives mm-hmm. and that was interesting when we were stationed together in most of them in Spain and then again in Florida when we moved there I reconnected with one of them two of them actually um, I watched their lives wow. and they really aligned with what I now understand yeah. of who Jesus is and um, then I got out of the Navy, went back to school. Uh, Becky got stationed in uh, in Hawaii. Uh, and then is, almost immediately when we got uh, stationed there, she was deployed uh, to the Middle East, to the Persian Gulf on a, mm. on a ship. She was one of the first women on uh, aircraft carriers wow. uh, at the time. And the, our neighbors uh, invited us to church. And at first I was okay with it because my mother-in-law was coming over and helping me out with my two kids and we had temporary custody of my niece as well. So I was more than happy to have her there and she wanted to go to church. So I was like, okay, I don't really want to go to church with my neighbors, but, um, because I, I knew that I was not living the Christian life, but I was open at that point to the, um, to, to religion and faith. Um, and what happened was, it was a it was a church in in Hawaii on the on the west side of the island that really lived out the gospel. That's what I, I recognize. They they lived out the gospel. In other words, when we showed up that day and they they see this a young guy with three kids and his wife's deployed to the Middle East, they're over there thinking, okay, why did God bring Sean and these kids to the church? What do yeah. we need to do? How do yeah. we need to respond? And so they responded in a way as though God had instructed you and wow. said, hey, I put these people here. It wasn't because they were invited by their neighbor. I put them here yeah. through their your their neighbor and they really just lived out their faith invited us into their lives mm-hmm. it was very much family community um you know the fellowship that i think the scriptures really talk about the acts yeah. 2 42 through 47 mm-hmm. uh kind of church and yeah. um on april or, or on easter of uh, 96 um there was a little drama that was going on uh, a, a reenactment of the crucifixion, and at that point, I was like, "Okay, that's that's cool." Mm-hmm. Uh, now I know the story a little bit more. This is cool. I like a, a little play in church. Sure, sure yeah. let's go with that. Uh, and when they went about that process of, of reenacting the crucifixion, my heart just broke. I'm wow. sitting there. This is before the service even starts, right? They're doing this little drama, uh, and they didn't normally do dramas, uh, but they did that day. And I'm sitting there weeping. I'm, tears are wow. flowing from my eyes. Service hasn't started. No preaching. Wow. No gospel presentation. No music. Uh, this reenactment, and and it, it wow. was as if the Holy Spirit said, "This is 
this is the son of God and his his yeah. his life was given on behalf of you and you're kind of playing games with him yeah uh, you're 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 playing this road of looking at people and judging and viewing them yeah. and and so uh, that morning is just my heart broke wow. and it was the 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 turn and the you know, the, the point at which I came to realize who he was and, yeah. and the manifestation of how that was in my life. Wow, that's amazing. You know, I, I love the way that you share the stories uh, about the, the, the faithful folks who, who presented the gospel to you. Mm-hmm. Like you said, in the most honest and insincere yeah. way that they can, because, you know, uh, I was on staff at a church for a little while. And, you know, I think sometimes for us, we can get in that mentality of like, well, Presenting the gospel, being an evangelist—that's for folks who, right. who work at the church. Yeah, right. and I love—I love this story because it actually shows us how just living our normal everyday lives can really be a testimony mm-hmm. uh, to show people the transformation that that Christ offers to us. Um, and you know, it is those little those little seeds throughout our life that that lead to the, the blossoming of, like you were saying, that 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 broken heart, that contrite heart that that the Lord that the Lord loves that the Lord wants to, to minister to and to bind and to, to, you know, to heal. I love that brother. Thank you for sharing. That's, that's amazing. Well, brother, could you then uh, just carry us along with your story? How did you come back to Washington? Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get to where you are today? So what happened in, uh, 2002, shortly after nine 11, um, Becky, well, 2001, uh, Becky had gotten restationed in Hawaii, which we were excited about that. And, uh, and then 2000, uh, September 11th happened in 2001 and they sent her to a school in Florida, uh, to get some training. She worked in, uh, cryptology, military intelligence stuff, and they wanted to train her specifically towards uh, that particular threat. And while she was at that school in Florida, she had a stroke. And it was a pretty massive stroke. She was only 37 years old, but it, it basically meant the end of her Navy career. And uh, we prayed about, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? Obviously, you know, we, we believe that you're in charge and, and we don't know what's happening and what's going on. And originally we moved back to Texas because that's where she was from. Mm-hmm. And after about a year, we were just praying and I really sensed the Lord telling us to move back up here and do ministry to military families. Both of us have been deployed. Both of us have been left with the kids during deployment. And so we know how to to minister to families. And so we moved up here, helped to start a church in the Lake Stevens area, uh, planted church. But doing ministry to military in a church plant's hard because they're looking for more programs. And um, so we just started doing a lot of work with military families. Uh, And then uh, about four years ago, I... I, I had some time on my uh, in my schedule in the sense that some the work that I was doing at the time I felt like God was calling me back into to do ministry mm-hmm. not not pastoral ministry um, but but ministry in the community yeah and I drove by this sign not too far from where we're sitting here that said substitutes needed Adrian the first day I subbed in a school it was in a middle school. Um, less than half a mile from where we're at right now, mm-hmm. and my heart was broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason it was broken is because I saw dysfunction on full display. And what I mean by that is it's it's as if um, all of the, the guardrails are taken off of the road, and then you put children on that road who have no reason to be on that road, and yeah. then they're careening off, yeah. not knowing where they're going, thinking they know what they're doing. And at the end of the day, a sixth grader came into my um, office. He said, well, I, I, I need you to sign this. And he had a behavioral plan. And at first I was like, okay, good. You know, somebody needs to hear about what this boy has been doing in his language and his dysfunction. Sure. Uh, and right as I started writing, my heart just 
kind of melted for him because mm. I thought, you know, he is, yes, he's responsible for his action. He knows he's on this behavioral plan. He knows what he should be doing. But it's, it's as if there's so many things that are setting this kid up for failure. Mm. And there were three days the very next week in that school. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, Lord, I asked you. And now these three days are available. And that, the, that next week, the, the job that I had to do was actually one of the easiest sub jobs. It was mm. sub, subbing for the librarian. And I had an opportunity to interact with the dean of students, the okay. assistant principal, and some of the other staff there on why some of the trauma exists. Yeah. So I started doing substitute teaching. That was back in the 2018-2019 school year, mostly in middle school, yeah. um, with the intention that, hey, I don't feel called to be an educator as much as I feel like this is an opportunity for me to um, to speak into their lives, to encourage especially some of these young men on values, on truth, on on discipline and structure. And it, again, it's it's very, very difficult. Our schools are incredibly broken and they're not they're not broken because of 90 percent of the people that are in there. They're broken because 10% of the people are contributing to this dysfunction. The activists, uh, the, the people with an agenda that's very, very far from God. And, and the rest of the, the families that are in there are, in my opinion, at the mercy of a system that they don't understand um, what is taking place and how education is, has been used for, for a century now to, um, to shape the minds of children far from God, far from a, an agenda that's values, character, and, and, and future-driven, but, but one in which they want them to accept and embrace ideologies that are, like I said, far from God. Up until the 1820s, so almost 50 years past the founding of our country, we did not have a public school system that was uh, supported by the government. We had some public schools that were supported by the communities, people like you and me and others that Mm -hmm. would put together a church, one-room schoolhouse kind of environment. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes people look at the preamble of the the, uh, Constitution or the Declaration of Independence and and see that general welfare clause Mm -hmm. and say, oh, well, this is the general welfare schooling. Mm -hmm. This is why we have to pay for public schooling. That is not what that meant that Mm. it was not designed that the government would have control of children you go back to the scriptures right so we know what the founders did what do the scriptures say Deuteronomy 6, uh, this is where we get the Shema, where love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then he says two verses later, and teach these things to your children when you sit in your homes, yes. when you walk along the path, mm-hmm. when you lie down at night, and when you wake up in the morning. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was very clear through that, not just that, but other instruction, train up a child in the way they should go, a variety of other scriptures that, yeah. that made it clear that it's parents' responsibility, and, and I would say privilege and joy to educate their children, yeah. but it's not easy, right? And so it's very clear that that we have been with I think in a lot of cases good intentions yeah. uh, abdicated res- roles and responsibilities yeah. to the government that God never asked us yes. to do and our founders never uh, yeah. in- encouraged us to do as well listening to Heart of the City, and I'm joined by Sean Schrader. Sean is one of the founders of Engagement Academy, and before we get into talking about Engagement Academy, I do want to let you know their website. You can go to engagementacademy.net. That's engagementacademy.net. That's where you're going to find out more information about what God is doing today here in Marysville and ways that you might be able to support and come alongside this or maybe even find yourself you know, contributing in different ways. So, Sean, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about uh, Engagement Academy and, yeah, 
just the story of that. Yeah, so uh, a few things happened uh, this past school year uh, that just really led me down this road of thinking, okay, there, there has to be options. Who's doing something in this town? Mm-hmm. Uh, Marysville is a very fractured city, uh, and I, I think most of your listeners would agree of that, of, of their, the towns that they live in mm-hmm. city. But Marysville has these unique challenges because it's one of the least expensive places in Snohomish County, and oftentimes people move here that, that struggle financially uh, because this is where they can afford and and so they oftentimes abdicate uh, to the schools uh, this responsibility of educating their kids. And when mm-hmm. I started looking at this at the beginning of this year and seeing what had happened with COVID, when we came back from COVID, I'd stare at these kids and they, Adrian, they had these blank stares on their faces that when they first came back to school. They were literally comatose. Now we, we know we've been mm-hmm. looking at what's been happening is initially they were coming back and they were traumatized from what had happened that year before, not just yeah. educationally, but in a variety of ways. And then when this school year began, then things started to go berserk. In other words, they woke up, but they woke up in ways that were very problematic. And, and again, a reflection of a, a broken system. Mm-hmm. And I just felt compelled after a couple of uh, interactions with the, the leadership in the school district to do something, to say, mm-hmm. okay, if nobody else is doing it, then this is what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. my heart was for middle schoolers, and I said, okay, I'm going to I'm going to start a middle school that is is designed to to one um, empower parents to take back that responsibility and that, and like I said, that privilege of of educating their kids. Now, many of them are not capable because when you when you keep abdicating to somebody, you lose the ability to do what you're supposed to or or need to be doing. Mm-hmm. And so, what we want to do is partner with parents mm-hmm. in this process and get them to take back that responsibility even though we're going to do uh, the bulk of the 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 curriculum and the educating around particularly math and English because in the state of Washington 70 per- over 70% of our kids are below grade level in math mm-hmm. throughout the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. Marysville is no different and and more than 50% are below grade level in English. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to focus on those two areas but reengage parents and ask parents to take a, a, a much more hands-on approach to um, to educating their kids. Mm-hmm. And so we want to do that with the parents. And then the other side is for the kids is to help raise them up to understand what their God-given uh, abilities and talents and purpose is mm-hmm. so that they can see that they're a part of their community as well yeah. uh, to help them, empower them to, to give back to their family and to their community and ultimately to our nation uh, so that we can help re-strengthen some of these relationships mm-hmm. um, with families to turn that tide of, of kids that are rejected their parents mm-hmm. and so in doing that we're taking a what I call a five-fold approach and one is that the parents are the number one um, resource and yeah. and 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 educators of their kids number two is that uh, we'll we'll have some mentors within the community followers of Jesus who who just want to hang out with the kid throughout the week go get some frozen yogurt down at the creamery go mm. go play some basketball go do some gardening go build a, you know something that you and this kid want to do mm-hmm. and every time you look at uh mentoring statistically everything flips grades go up uh, dropouts mm. go down teen mm. pregnancy goes down um, confidence goes up mm. it, everything flips when you put mentors in a kid's mm. life especially if wow. it's a mentor that is has no authority whatsoever right this isn't a tutor this isn't somebody that mom is going to say hey can you get can you get billy to to clean his room no yeah. that's not his role yeah. you know you got to keep doing that mom that's your role yeah. don't ask him to do that don't ask this lady to do that yeah. we want to team each of our kids up with a mentor in the community that's just going to encourage them mm-hmm. and, and, and engage with them. Uh, the third part is is having proactive tutors mm-hmm. and, and really addressing some of these these education gaps that exist. But also every kid, when you, when you become 
proficient at something from an education perspective, your confidence yes, changes. If yeah. you're the go-to kid for biological science mm-hmm. in the class, people say, "Hey, Devin, what do you think?" You know, yeah. "Hey, Tiffany, you know, what's yeah. your thoughts on this?" You're you're kind of a history buff. And then what yeah. we do is we we get those kids to make a participation, not only participate but a contribution towards mm-hmm. educating their fellow students. And so our belief is with the proactive tutors, we'll be able to do that. Yeah. The fourth part is is having a prayer partner for each kid. Mm-hmm. So if they don't have to be Christians in order to be part of our school, but everybody that's going to be involved in our school is going to be a believer. And some of these mm-hmm. believers are going to say, hey, I'll pray for a kid. And yeah. so they'll know who they're praying for. They might get some... Uh, information on what the, what's going on in the kid's life, but be praying for, hey, this these you know chemical changes that take place with middle schoolers. Hey, yeah. be praying for that. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, hey, his dad's out of town a lot, so just sure. be praying for this yeah. and, and be interceding on that kid's behalf. And then the fifth part is 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 along the lines of the education and the tutors is is finding something that that kid is passionate about yeah. and interested in, whether it's a musical thing, whether it's a hands-on thing. We, when you and I met earlier, we were in a coffee shop, and mm-hmm. the guy that I shook the hands with, is he does woodworking. He just retired from Boeing, and he built this shop on the back mm-hmm. of his lot. And so he and I have been talking about, hey, w- if we have a kid that loves to do woodworking, would you be willing to you know, work with him. Yeah. Now, it won't be at school. It'll be off school and finding something that, again, that they're passionate about yeah. and that they can use those those educational elements of, of reading and math and, and components to weave that in, but also to be a, a, a source for the rest of their students yeah. on, on that skill or that talent that they have. Well, that's great. It seems like there are so many ways that uh, our listeners can engage with uh, the Engagement Academy, and I'm just really excited to see just all the ways that God continues to open doors for you all. Yeah, it's a privilege to talk to you about this because, you know, I want to see more of this happen. Uh, like you're saying, I think that the the Lord gives us our churches and our homes to be places where we can be uh, built up, mm. you know. So th- then, like you were saying, that then we can go out into uh, our our culture go out into our cities with confidence, knowing that you know we're, we're bringing the good news of Jesus yes. <laughs> along with whatever we do. We're bringing yeah. Christ into that space. We're bringing yeah. the transforming work of the Holy Spirit wherever we go, ministering and loving people in Jesus' name. And I am so excited um, for what's all that's ahead for Engagement yeah. Academy. Yeah, and if I could, you know, just highlight one thing. I talked about Jeremiah twenty nine, and in the first book that we get of the the Jewish people in exile or one of them, is the book of Daniel. And it tells us that he came from noble birth. And, and it's clear that he was, he was prepared to stand for those two incidents that we know of in the book of Daniel, where he stands for mm-hmm. the dietary laws as well as not bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And I believe, Adrian, that is because somebody spent time. They, they mm. fulfilled Deuteronomy 6 yeah. of teaching him that, that yeah. way. And he was ready to stand, and he stood firm. And then by the end of exile, we get Esther. And Mordecai comes along and encourages and 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 works with her and and helps her to understand that that hey you were given this time yes. who knows what purpose but for this time yeah. and it's beautiful because she then says the to the messenger okay go back and tell Mordecai mm-hmm. have him have the people pray and fast for me yeah. that I might go before the king that because it was not okay to just step before the king at that time yeah. mm-hmm. um, it, now Persia is in charge at, at that point and so it's not Nebuchadnezzar anymore and you know I would love nothing more than to realize that 
we have this opportunity and this privilege to to make Daniels and Esthers. Mm-hmm. In our day, we have an opportunity to help mm-hmm. empower Daniels and Esthers that are going to have to stand firm. They're going to have to stand. A, a great friend of mine, George Tolls. I know many of your listeners know George Tolls in this area. Um, George, George was talking to me a couple months ago, and he says, you know, what you're trying to do is help kids stand tall in a bended world. Mm. And I think that Love just that. resonated with me, so I don't want to take credit for it. But, but that, uh, that's what I think God has called us to do all the time, not just now, but to yeah. help people to stand tall in a bended world. Uh, and, and it might not be us that has to do it. It might be our kids or our grandkids. Mm-hmm. But we've got to start equipping the saints to do the works of service. And I believe that that's part of what we're trying to do with the Engagement Academy. Well, brother, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, and it's great to be on the road here in Marysville. And uh, if, you're in the Marys- if you're in Marysville and you'd like to connect with Engagement Academy, you can go to engagementacademy.net. That's engagementacademy.net. Uh, brother, it's been a pleasure to talk with you today. Oh, thank you, Adrian. I, I'm, I'm just I'm humbled by the fact that God is allowing me to do something that I am totally ill-equipped to do. <laughs> but I know at the same time he keeps bringing people to us that mm. want to help. It's like, I, okay, Lord, you let me be a missionary in my own hometown or yes. in my own home state. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I'm, I'm humbled by it. We're planting trees that we will never eat the fruit from. Mm. May the Lord bless our orchards. Amen, amen. Well, thanks again for tuning into Heart of the City. This is Adrian Tijerina, Director of Local Ministry here at 820 Aim the Word. You know, it's always such a pleasure to hear from local nonprofits and churches and organizations about what's happening in our neck of the woods. And if you're in the Marysville area, I'd highly recommend that you reach out to Sean to get more information about Engagement Academy. You can go to engagementacademy.net, that's engagementacademy.net, or call the number 425-359-4856. That's 425 425- Five three five nine four eight five six. And if you'd like more information about how your church or ministry can be featured on this program, please call me at 206-269-6208. That's 206-269-6208. Thanks for tuning in and God bless you. You've been listening to this 820 AM, the word special heart of the city. For more information on how your pastor or your ministry can be featured on 820 AM, the word, go to thewordseattle.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.